0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, December the 3rd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, in 1818, Illinois was admitted as the 21st state of the Union, the United States of America. Today, in 1828, Andrew Jackson was elected president of the United States. Didn't get the popular vote, but he was elected by the Electoral College, which has always played an important part in our elections. The Electoral College, of course, is on, the, uh, is on the to-do list for the Democrats. They want to get rid of it. Then about five cities in America will decide every national election if they were able or capable of getting rid of the Electoral College. We'll pray that doesn't happen. Our founding fathers were much wiser than the Democrat leaders of twenty twenty, I can tell you. Today in eighteen thirty three, Oberlin College in Ohio. It's the first truly co-educational school of higher learning. It opened, began holding classes today, eighteen thirty-three, coeducational. Today in nineteen sixty, the learner and low musical, Camelot. I don't know if you saw that movie or not, but we sure heard a lot about it when it became a movie during the Kennedy administration. The movie starred Julie Andrews, Richard Burton, and Robert Goulet, or the the uh, Broadway show, and then the movie came later. But um, the Kennedys really were the key actors in the make-believe Camelot that the left liked to tout. Camelot came unraveled, of course. Today, 1964, police arrested 800 students at the University of California at Berkeley one day after the students had stormed the administration building, staged a massive sit-in, broken a few things. 1964, I doubt that anyone would have raised a hand today. They probably would have bowed in worship to these kids, saying they have a right. The university deserves this or whatever. Today, in 1967, a surgical team in in Cape Town, South Africa, led by Dr. Uh, Christian Barnard, performed the first human heart transplant. The guy lived, it was a man, he lived 18 days with his donor, organ. Today, in 1992, a test engineer with SEMA Group, it's a, or a company, a tech company back in the day, 1990, uh, 1992, This guy, this test engineer, sent the world's first text message using a personal computer and a Vodafone network. Five years ago today, Defense Secretary Ash Carter, Obama's secretary, ordered the armed services to open all military jobs to women, removing the final barriers that had kept women from serving in combat, including the most dangerous and grueling commando posts. Yesterday, President Trump gave a speech. He completely went around the media for obvious reasons. The media really hate him for the most part. And they have performed in their so-called reporting in ways that none of us have ever seen in our lifetime, nor pretty much in the history of this country. So he wisely gave his 46-minute videotape message directly to the social media networks, posted it. The media was, of course, grumbling about it. They've never seen a president do this before. Well, they've never treated a president, probably like they have him, at least not in any recent years that anyone can remember. But he talked about voting fraud. And Trump said, I'm not going to review the whole 46 minutes, obviously, but he said, I am, I'm quoting him, I am determined to protect our election system, which is now under coordinated assault and siege. And he went ahead and talked about a number of, of items related to that and his resolve to continue this. And it sounds like whether or not he is reelected ultimately as president of the United States, he's going to continue this. I hope he does, because I agree with him that this is the most the most perverse expression of a free vote, an honest vote that I've ever seen or read about in American history. And there's always been some corruption, but nothing that ever has approached anything like this. And yet we have a media that without apology, without any, even any kind of suggestion that they could be wrong. They come on the air every night from the smallest village in America to the largest city. They say, well, there's no evidence of fraud in the election, no evidence. Every night they come on, and anything to do with this election that is still really under scrutiny, thankfully, by a lot of people in a number of states around the country, the more they look into this, the worse it gets. So that's what Trump was Talking about, I noticed yesterday that Tony Perkins with the Family Research Council, he was interviewing a guy on the radio, Paul Kengor, and I've read stuff that Paul has written. He's a very smart guy. Caught my attention. I listened for a few minutes. And they were talking about the um, legislators who were meeting yesterday in Gettysburg from the state of Pennsylvania. And they were in Gettysburg, interestingly enough. They were going over these numbers. They were looking at all the claims of voting manipulation and everything and there was this guy this retired colonel his name is Phil Waldron and he had this chart i looked into this a little beyond where i heard it but i'm just mentioning i first heard this with tony perkins on his uh, radio program but this re, uh, retired colonel phil uh, waldron was there and he had this um he had this big chart it was <laughs> very well done he gave um a speech and he said during a 90 minute period on election day this was we're talking about pennsylvania now there were 604,000 votes were counted in 90 minutes. But he said, here's the astonishing part of it. 570,000 of those votes were for Biden and 3,200 were for Trump. In other words, Ken Gore does, does the math. And on the chart, he shows that Biden scooped up this enormous batch by 99.4%. He said, it's incredible. It's impossible. It's scandalous. Oh, And it is. And it is. This would constitute one of the most insidious examples of documented voter fraud in American history. Not a single reporter yesterday that I could find said anything about this. Not one word. Obviously, this is part of what's driving the president. I believe Donald Trump loves America, whether he's president or not. I do, because I know a lot of people who love America. That's not a stretch for me to think that someone loves their country. I love America, not more than God not more than the kingdom of God, but I love America. I grew up being taught to love my country, and I do. And There's a, a million reasons to love America. We know what's wrong with it because we're broken. All people have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that is reflected in every culture on the planet. Of course there are things wrong with America, but America is a beautiful place. God bless, has blessed America. We have prospered. We're the most free, the most prosperous, the most wealthy, the most generous, and still the most free, but that hangs on the precipice. We stand in the threshold. This is a great country, and that's what drives Donald Trump. And then these kinds of things, this one spike, this one spike that these guys are talking about, this uh, Colonel Phil Waldron that uh, retired, This one strike one spike alone in the in the unusual counting of these ballots would have erased Donald Trump's six hundred thousand vote lead over Joe Biden late Tuesday night, november third. Biden has reportedly won Pennsylvania by seventy thousand votes now. That's where it stands. And yet these six hundred thousand votes were thrown on top of the voting five hundred and seventy thousand. Were thrown on top of the voting, where Biden got all but 3,200 of them, 99.4%. It's amazing that one swing would have done it in the in the state. And if this is true, what he's saying, and I I I personally believe it is, I wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. Then this episode alone might well constitute what they're looking for to bring this thing to the Supreme Court. The whole election, not just Pennsylvania. Another, another interesting piece that he explained, uh, this Kingor, he said of the 3.1 million mail-in ballots that were sent to Pennsylvania voters, he said they were, uh, this was updated, figures from the Secretary of State's office, I guess, updated as of yesterday or day before. He said there was an extraordinarily high mail-in return rate. According to the state election officials, almost 90% of voters sent in a completed ballot. That's almost unheard of. But what, he said, what it would have taken for Joe Biden to surpass Donald Trump's 700,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania seems statistically impossible, because oddly enough, a majority of those late mail-in ballots only had Joe Biden's name circled. And this, this colonel says, I don't know how common this is to have only the president checked off and nobody else, but he said, I find that too curious especially given the opportunities for fraud, the lack of verification in the mail-in balloting process. Again, the press didn't even mention this. This is all-out fraud on a grandiose scale. But they don't even mention it. That's the world we live in today. On the lighter note, I I don't know. I, I hope you. this makes you feel like I felt. But I... I observed this week, I think it was yesterday or day before, a group of people, and I guess they do this every year. I had missed it, I guess, last year, but they gather their actors and they're in costume. They set up a live nativity outside the Supreme Court building. They get a permit in advance. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was yesterday they did this. And um, they have Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in a crèche or in a manger. They've got wise men. I mean, it's the real deal. It's the real real nativity, and it's live. And they set up out there, they set up shop right in front of the Supreme Court building, and they read from the Bible. Now, I think they were reading, if I'm not mistaken, they were reading the Christmas story from the book of Matthew. I, it so, I heard them doing it. it. That's what it sounded like to me it was from the book of Matthew. But anyway, they were reading the Christmas story, and the, the group is called Faith and Liberty. They're a, an organization. But they, I guess, have done this several years before. And like I said, I, I had missed that. But I just, I don't know, that, that just blessed me. I mean, I don't know what it accomplishes except to make a statement about what is real. Our freedoms are real because they're God-given. They're not government-given. And Christmas is real, <laughs> Jesus Christ really did, really did come to this earth. The Son of God became flesh, was born to a virgin in a manger, and he lived among us, and he died for our sins, and he was resurrected from the dead. That's life eternal. And I don't know, I just see that reflected in this little manger scene out there. These guys were, were doing this. And I just wanted to applaud them and tell them, please keep doing this. Don't Never stop. Because it just seemed not an act of, of rebellion, but just an act of, of taking advantage of or using the freedoms that God has given us. So I don't know. I hope that makes you feel good in your heart. But even if it doesn't, it makes me feel good. I enjoy telling you about it. So you can think about that Later on. I also was listening listened to a little radio yesterday. I was listening to my, my friend, longtime friend, Lars Larson on the radio yesterday and I didn't catch this guy's name but I, I just heard a little piece of it um and I I wanted to mention it because it's it's related specifically to the west coast and to the northwest, but they were talking about they were talking about this vaccine that's upcoming and it's it's on its way. Thank you stood Donald Trump in the warp speed program that he and Mike Pence put in place and walked through. Nobody in history has ever done anything medically like this. But while this was all happening, some of the governors, Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, and Nevada, they formed this coalition, or it's kind of a consortium is what they call it. And um, they said, well, we're not going to accept Trump's vaccine. That was back in the day when they didn't believe that he could get it done as quickly as he did. We're not going to accept this because we don't know that it's not tainted, and we don't know that he's not pushing it through, and we don't know that they're not violating. Jay Inslee was kind of the prophet among prophets on that, and he was sort of leading, but they were all part of this, and they still are, except now they're kind of boxed in. And Lars was laughing about that on his program with this person, whoever he had on there. I, did, I didn't catch the guy's name, but anyway, they were talking about that. And so Lars told the story, and, and I just wanted to repeat it for all of you in the Northwest. You'll get a kick out of this. He um, he said Lars called a friend of his who's a reporter at I think he said Como News, uh, TV radio news, and uh, in Seattle. And he called him and he said, hey, I can't get Inslee or any of these guys, Kate Brown in Oregon or anybody to talk to me. And they and they won't uh, because Lars is very conservative and he's smart as a whip. And um, they know that. They don't want to talk to him on the radio. So he they won't talk to him. So so Lars calls this guy, the, the reporter for Como, uh, and uh, asks him. He said, hey, you're going to be in a press conference. He said, ask Jay Inslee how long it's going to take him to review – this vaccine when they get it before he okays it because he didn't okay it, you know, because of Trump and uh, Trump doesn't know what he's doing and all of the nuances of that and this consortium they've created and so on. So uh, Lars said the guy did ask uh, Inslee that this week at the news conference. And Inslee paused, it caught him a little off guard and he said, the, the reporter said, how, how long is it going to take you to review this And Inslee paused, and he said, well, probably a couple of hours. And Lars was laughing, of course. And he said, Lars has contacted medical people, and Lars said that the people have told him that to do a full review on all of it to be sure that it's all, if you don't believe, you know, the CDC and all of the people that are involved in this, he said that scientists say it would take several years to review all of what has been done to do it, you know, effectively and carefully and thoroughly. But Izzy's going to do it in a couple of hours. He doesn't want to be the guy who holds up the vaccine, but he was more than willing. He, along with Kate Brown and Gavin Newsom and Colorado and Nevada, their consortium, it was just a sham. They just wanted to make it look like we should not trust Trump and Pence with this vaccine. Now it's here, and they're going, well, I don't want to be the one to hold—it's just there's so much fraud out there, and we need to keep the light on so we can see it. And that's what we try to do on this program each day. And I know those of you who support this ministry and support what we're doing here, you know that, and I thank you for your support. If you listen to this program every day or read the article that we publish every weekday, and you don't support us, could I ask you to consider doing that? Just prayerfully consider it. And if you don't feel like you should, don't. Or if you can't, uh, don't do it. But if if you feel that God might just speak to your heart to become one of our supporters, um, I would appreciate it. We need you. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, 98009. 009, or you can go to our website faithandfreedom.us. It's all one word: faith a n d freedom. dot u s, not dot com, but dot u s. There's a tab there you can donate as well. It's tax deductible. And thank you in advance because we need you to stand with us. These are difficult, challenging um, times, unlike anything we've seen. The Associated Press is reporting that China has landed its third probe on the moon Tuesday. Yesterday, they started gathering up rocks with this rover they've got there, much like what we did a generation ago. But Associated Press says China's ruling Communist Party wants global influence to match China's economic success. China has already colonized American public education. Most of us don't know it. But yeah, they have these Confucius Institutes on the campuses. They're all over Washington State. <laughs> and they're teaching in, in by way of education, quote-unquote, they're teaching confucianism and they're advancing china's agenda and they're paying for professors on colleges and teachers in high school and projects and so on they're funding them because schools are always broke they never have enough money to meet their budget what if what if joe biden does become president of the united states how would a beholden joe biden play into the globalist the globalist commitment that China is publicly making now. I mean, that's been their agenda all along, but Associated Press admits that China is a generation behind the United States and Russia, but AP said yesterday its secretive military link program is developing rapidly. It's creating distinctive missions that, if successful, could put Beijing on the leading edge of spaceflight. Quoting experts, Associated Press said, The coming decade will be quite critical in space exploration. I agree with that. It will be very critical to the well-being of the United States. This Kathleen Campbell, she's an astrobiologist and a geologist at the University of Auckland. They were quoting her and she says China's race into space. She said, quote, this is where we're going to transform out of near Earth orbit and back into what people call deep space. Deep space. The AP story is interesting. It outlines China's plans that include their own permanent crewed, with a crew, (laughs) space station in 2022, an international research base, followed by probes to Mars and beyond, and reusable space planes like those the United States has been using when we did those kinds of things. China's Mars probe launched in July is scheduled to reach Mars and begin exploration in February, a couple of months from now. These moon rocks that they're gathering up today as we speak, they're scheduled to be returned to Earth by Saturday for study. These guys are on a on a very fast track. China chose the moon's sea of storms as their landing place this week. It's thought that they probably chose this area of the moon. It's far from where the U.S. has landed. The reason they probably chose this place is That's probably where China is considering establishing its first space colony. Oh, they'll send people up there whether they want to go or not. That's how it works in China. That's how it works in a communist country. That's basically how it works in a socialist country as well. They want to control the world economy as well. By 2025, China's GDP is expected to catch up or even surpass that of the United States. According to these experts, India, they say, may surpass Germany to become the world's fourth largest economy. China's Communist Party state-run newspaper, the Global Times, they always speak glowingly of Vice President Joe Biden, of course. But citing data, they said Monday that Asia will contribute roughly 60% of the global economic growth by 2030. Will these things come to pass? I don't know but they're projecting that they will. Maybe part of this is propaganda. Maybe it's all propaganda, but this is the message. And the press in America is dutifully bowing and carrying this message to the world. The Global Times is seen as a communist-owned newspaper because it is. Associated Press is seen with a little more legitimacy, but the Associated Press is echoing what the Global Times is saying. And they're not even disputing or questioning it. The Global Times article begins with this. First line. Associated Press, of course, quotes this. The prelude of an Asian era has begun. An Asian era. And they're associating this, the kind of the the dawning of this new age, the dawning of this Asian era, is because of the end of the Trump era. Ironically, the Global Times tries to tamp down any concern that, well, China would never seek to form an alliance to save the world like some missionary. That's their words. Some missionary, let alone build an Asian empire to replace the United States. Associated Press is running along behind, panting, saying, yes, yes, let me, what did you say? Let me get this right so they can publish it. And other newspapers are picking it up because they're either lazy or they don't have enough employees. But this communist oracle says that they're merely striving, China, communism, the communist party, they're merely striving to satisfy the needs of the public, I'm quoting them, in light of their national situations, whatever that means. But of course they are. They're not trying to dominate the world. They're just doing it, but they're not trying to. The Global Times says, quote, Asian countries advocate learning by doing and excel in exploiting external capital talents, experiences, and lessons. And they note that China has learned how to allocate global resources. Global Times says among the seven continents of the world, Asia is the largest, has the largest population, the oldest civilization. It's poised to become dominant on the planet. They also note that it's the most diverse with the most complex ethnicities, religion, geography, and history. They underscore the need for a new single currency of Asia. They said, we will help develop that soon, within the next couple of years. They outline how Asia will dominate the world economy while just looking after their own needs of the local people, of course. That's all summed up in a book that they recommend that everybody read, The Future is Asian. In the book, this scholar, I'll just cook down the book to a couple of lines here. But the, the whole book, is about the case. He makes the case, this author. He's an Indian guy. He lives in America. He's a PhD. The essence of the case is that, quote, in the 19th century, the world was Europeanized. In the 20th century, the world was Americanized. Now in the 21st century, the world will become irreversibly Asianized. The Asian era, the Global Times says, has been a long time in in the making, yet it reminds us of the spirit of the perseverance of Yu Kong, and he's a figure from ancient Chinese stories about a foolish old man who worked so hard and persevered to move the mountain in front of his house. If I had time, I would go into that. It's very telling. But I wanted to leave you with this. What will a Biden, President Biden, how will he be able to have any disagreement, much less take a stand or any actions against a China where his son has harvested a billion dollars from China? into one of the Biden family's investment companies. How does that work? You know it doesn't. and I don't have to go into detail to explain that. But I also also wanted to leave you with this. The Bible is abundantly clear that in the last days certain alliances will be formed as the Antichrist prepares for his appearance on a global stage. The framework of Antichrist's agenda, according to the Bible, includes a one-world government, a one-world religion, in a one world economy. Jesus said in Luke 21 verse 28, And when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. These things, he said in previous verses, signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, the sea and waves roaring, men's hearts failing for fear, looking after those things that are coming on the earth. Powers of heaven will even be shaken. But look up. Look up. Don't look down. Don't be discouraged. Don't be overcome. God is in control. And Jesus will return. Just trust him. I'll see you tomorrow.